there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This Father's Day, give Dad the gift that guarantees him a great morning every day. That's Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's Best Pair You'll Ever Wear or its free guarantee. Get 30% off gifts for Dad on select Father's Day styles at TommyJohn.com. Save 30% at TommyJohn.com. See site for details. Welcome to my travel podcast, Life's a Beach. Every week I invite a special guest to take us on a journey together to their favourite holiday destinations and to reveal their top travel tips and tales. My passenger today is one of the world's finest actors. You may know him for Frost Nixon, Good Omens, The Twilight Saga, The Queen, Underworld, or playing Chris Tarrant in Quiz. He also slums it by working with me on Sky's There's Something About Movies. But listen, if you want to get all festive, you can watch him now in Last Train to Christmas, which is available on Sky Cinema, and it is so good. You're going to love it. Please, welcome on board, (gasps) Michael Sheen! This is the final boarding call for Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen, this is the final boarding call for Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen, Michael Sheen, Michael Sheen, Michael, Michael. Thank you. My passenger today is Michael Sheen. Welcome on board, Alan Air. Oh, I'm feeling sick, Alan. You're feeling <laughs> sick. I'm <laughs> not. I'm not enjoying it. I'm wearing. <laughs> it's, it's being close to you again. <laughs> Oh, dear. Try and be nice. It's nearly Christmas, Michael. Yeah, it was the chicken. What are you serving on this plane? Well, yeah, the oven was on the blink. I'm so sorry. It wasn't cooked through, was it? Um, it wasn't. We should be doing turkey, really, because it's Christmas. But yes. yes. And yes. if you want a panini, I've got them in the back. Just let me know. Thank you very much. What kind of a traveller are you? Do you take magazines on board, podcasts, books? What do you do Ooh, when you're on your flight? I, um, I, I, I always take a book on. Which mm. I then never read, of course, because classic. yeah, yeah, <laughs> because I mean it's usually something by you or Tom Allen, to be honest. Yeah. Um, we'll get so, you off on a good sleep. So I'm not the only one who never reads it, but um, <laughs> uh, but no, I take a book and then so I've always got good intentions of oh I'll, I'll get this, I'll read mm. this book on this book. Yeah, and then I you know and then I put my headphones on and then it's just listening to aha essentially yeah, <laughs> it's going through the, the the list of stuff and going oh I didn't realise I had that on my phone and then I listen to all kinds of music and then what tends to happen as well I'm quite a maudlin traveller I realise oh no maudlin yeah I get I cry a lot on planes I it must be something to do with the 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 altitude is it alcohol (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a combination of the altitude the alcohol and uh and maybe just uh, travel movement yeah I remember when I first started driving 
I remember when, if I uh, was driving quite a long distance, the first time I ever drove a long distance was from Portalbert to Manchester to start a job yeah. early on in my career. And I remember uh, driving to Manchester. And I remember getting quite emotional on that journey as well. I think there's something about travelling that kind of... Don't tell me that was alcohol and altitude because <laughs> you'll get us cancelled. It was because I was reading your book as I was driving. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yes. But I'm sure other people have this. When you watch a film on a plane mm. that you can find yourself getting very emotional about it and you would never you know get emotional do about it normally you watch yourself on planes if you're in a film no but I do look around the first thing I do is I get the thing out and see uh, am I in anything <laughs> and then and that that's just like a superstition thing yeah um, check if I'm if I'm on if I'm in something that's on the in-flight entertainment mm. I feel better mm. um, and then I spend the rest of the flight looking around at everyone else <laughs> see if they're watching it <laughs> and if they're watching it then I'll sort of like when I wander past to go to the bathroom I might just linger a little bit <laughs> by the seat <laughs> and see if someone goes oh and once I was I was at an airport I was I I was going to LA and I was at the um uh, the carousel in LA and uh, there was a production of Carousel on. In the, <laughs> amazing. Extraordinary, really. Um, no, I was at the baggage carousel. And um, I saw, just a little bit further up from me, Anton Deck. Wow. Yeah. They, we have clearly been on the same flight. I hadn't seen them. Obviously, they were in first class. I was in economy. And they are quite short. <laughs> they might have been in front and <laughs> you never be. saw them. They might have been next to me. Um, and I, <laughs> yeah, so they were there. And I thought, oh, no, there's Anton Deck up there. And then Ant... Or maybe Deck, I'm not sure. Which one. No, it was Ant. Um, Ant said, uh, we've just been watching you in Frost Nixon on the plane. Oh. And I was like, oh, because I'd not met them before. No. And um, so I thought, oh, that's a double whammy. Not only have passengers on the plane been watching yeah. me, it's uh, and celebrity passengers. Yeah, and that's a bit Twilight Zone, them watching yeah. you and then you turn And then up. them seeing me there. Yeah. And, he, and that was what made him go, oh, a bit freaked out now. Yeah. Just been watching you interviewing Nixon. Hello, you two. Are you here by yourself? Does your mummy and daddy know you're here? Have they left you? Oh, it's Anton Deck. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, bon appetit. Enjoy your flight. They put that live at the Apollo, the comedy series on, um, I think, on Virgin or BA, and I'm on one of those. Right. And this woman, I could see her watching me, and she didn't laugh once. It really ruined me holiday. Well, as I say, the reason why people are crying <laughs> when they're flying <laughs> is a mixture of things. Alcohol, altitude, and Alan Carr. All the owls. All the owls. Um... <laughs> Hello, good evening, and welcome to Alan Air. Please enjoy Frost Nixon on the in-fly movies. Well, listen, speaking of travel, we've got to talk about The Last Train to Christmas. Right. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> it's so good. Well, of course, you're too young to remember the 80s. Of course, so yeah, a lot of that would I've have been interesting for you, wouldn't it? Yeah. People. The time travel aspect. Yeah. And mm. if they... If they want a cracking story and they want to see Michael Sheen in a lot of wigs, <laughs> oh my God. Can you describe, okay, this is how I got it, yeah. The right. train is yeah. a metaphor for life. And as you travel down, you're going in the different carriages and your life is sliding doorsy, bit Christmas. You're seeing what could have been, what if, multiple... Multi, right? Multi. It's a lot simpler than that. No, come on. <laughs> it's the basic premise: man on train oh, discovers that if he moves forward a carriage, he moves forward ten years in his yeah. life. If he moves back a carriage, he moves back ten years yeah. in his life, and then starts changing things. 
and then and then it all goes to pot. That destiny, yeah, choices. But, I mean, you could set, you could, I suppose, say that it's a metaphor for the journey of life. But I'm for him, be deep. For but, once, people always say I'm shallow. I try and be deep, and you shoot me down. Oh, I mean, it's a man on a train. Alan. Nobody was saying that about Back <laughs> to the Future, were they? Well, it's a metaphor <laughs> no, for no. no. It's, it's just he goes to the future. Yes, I know, I know, but it, it, but it's fascinating yeah. to watch. Well, it's a bit like I mean, it's a you know, it's a Christmas. It's all set on Christmas yeah, Eve, yeah. so it's this train journey and from the ending. Yeah, yes. I mean, I had a lump you've here. got a you had a lump where? <laughs> Hear me. Oh, sorry, yeah, on my throat. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> Radio podcast. I get aroused on trains because I'm so young. I'm like a teenager. <laughs> Did you used to? Yeah, I remember used, going? I used to sit above the wheel on the school bus sometimes and I had to stop because it was embarrassing. Oh, my God, yeah. And you can um, go over Cattle Grid. Well, don't even go there. <laughs> All up the windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it is the film is a bit like... I mean, it's in a tradition of other Christmas films, really, isn't it? Yeah. Because, like, Christmas Carol with Scrooge yeah. and It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy yeah, Stewart. Yeah. You've got a man who is essentially shown different points and choices yeah. he's made yeah. through his life and is able to kind of now reflect on that and think, well, was that a bad choice, good choice, and then look at the consequences and yeah. what his life adds up to. So there's that kind of aspect to it. But this character, Tony Towers, is not like characters that you've seen in that kind of a thing. No, before, no, no. He's a wide boy. He's a, yeah. 1985, it starts. He's a big name on the East Midlands nightclub circuit, <laughs> Tony Towers. Um, and, uh, you know, larger than life character. Reminiscent of Peter Stringfellow, probably. Yeah. Well, you've got the that... same air as him. Yes, yeah. So Julian uh, Kemp, who wrote and directed the film, I think the, the germ of the idea came after he read Stringfellow's autobiography. Yeah. And then yeah. that started him thinking about that kind of a character and then what happens if... If someone like that was then to go through this sort of process, you know, so he's not really thought much about his life and the choices he's made, and now he's suddenly confronted by it, and then gets to maybe change things. And of course, I mean, you think if you were able to go into the future or the past, would you be? You would. You would be tempted to change things, oh wouldn't God, you? You would. You would. But I mean, the nightmare of what happens. I mean, that you realise that so many things are connected in your life. Yes. Yeah. The thing that. Messed me up. I see, what do you think about this? The randomness of life. Yeah. Like, you think about people who you've met mm. who have become incredibly important in your life. What if you'd just not gone in that room at that time or gone 10 minutes later or not? Like, and that, you've well, never that met that mess, person. That actually messes your head up, doesn't it? It and does. I, I'm reading at the minute uh, Billy Connolly's book, Why uh, Windswept and Interesting, mm. and he said how he got into meditation. And he says he loves meditating. And he says he went for a very weird stage where if he if he thought about someone, he actually would bump into them. I mean, he said it became a bit of a problem. And then he went to see this uh, guru man. And he said, that's through meditation. You're opening up your mind. You're you're seeing these are, things are manifesting because you're willing them to. Well, and he said, it's, it's, I, the, honestly, it's one of the best books I've ever read. Is that how he married Pamela Stevenson? Because I thought about her a lot <laughs> in the 80s and 90s, I have to Even say. Even I had a crush and on I never Superman too. Do you remember in that space suit? Bumps oh. in all the right places, eh, lads? Not the, <laughs> not the nine o'clock news. Oh, dear. Oh, but that's that is before my time, right? Is it? It is. Is it? How old do you think I am? I mean, mid fifties. <laughs> <laughs> All right, early fifties. <laughs> you okay? But you're pushing it now. <laughs> 
No, but I, I got in. Well, I got into her. I mean, I am gay, but I mean, I fancied her. Right. I, even I fancied yeah, her, and well, I'm like yeah. a card-carrying homosexual. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've seen your card. <laughs> you carry it well. Stamped many a time. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. You're on board the Paddington 1987. No, that's not the time. That's the year. <laughs> Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son? They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. How many different wigs I mean let, okay let's go about it right. prosthetics are you yes. are you in a love eight relationship with I, prosthetics I I'm well you know I've played a lot of real life characters yes. so you know Tony Blair Kenneth mm. Williams Brian Clough all of David Frost and um, I've always tried to keep away from the prosthetics because people people always say well we thought we might give you a nose or a bit yeah, of a chair yeah. I'm like no 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 I, I, I think it's better in the past to not draw attention to how much I like uh, look like or don't look like the person yeah. and just try and um, go with what I've got. So uh, hair, yeah. always very important. Get the hair right. Yeah, I feel yeah. like that does a lot of work for were you. Were there a lot of wigs you were wearing? Well, not as many as I would like to think. It's no. mainly my own hair. So the the, the 80s one, yes, <laughs> that's <Awkward>. a wig. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of it, I've got very um, a very adaptable hair. Now, this has been a big thing in my career. It's oh, helped me a lot. Have adaptable hair. Yeah. I can, because I've got curly hair. Yeah. Then you you got the chance of straightening it out. Have you ever gone straight? Alan? No, uh, no, no, no. Always been always been bendy. <laughs> always, always, bendy, always been yeah. bendy. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> b- being able to relax my hair, yeah, is very useful because then it's uh, you know, and especially after lockdown, my hair had grown very long. I mean, we filmed uh, there's something about movies. Yes. In over the last two years, I mean, I had a lot of hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then when you and sh- then you turned out clean shaven. You're clean shaven now, but yeah. then we were like, why are you clean shaven? Then Chris Tarrant, weren't That's you? right, exactly. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So the hair can do a lot of work, and then and it, but it's quite. Uh, I've also uh, my hair is the main part of my career. To be honest, that's the secret to my career, <sighs> is that it can do lots of interesting things, and so in this film. I got to really make the most of that. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, there's a wig for the the sort of string fellow look. Yeah. There's a wig for the 70s kind of Rod Stewart rocker Yeah, yeah, look. yeah. Pretty much everything else is me, to be honest. What about you in the white shorts? Yeah, that's my own hair. <laughs> that's my own hair. Oh, up, uh, up top and below. <laughs> Those shorts are so tight, you can see my oh, hair down below as uh, well, can't you? Can, do you know what? That was my best Christmas present. <laughs> Seeing you in those shorts, I was like, I was back on that bus above the wheel. Um, so there's there's a section I in. I didn't the... know you had these sexy legs. When we worked together, you're always gotten behind the desk. So above, it's like when you remember when they saw Angela Rippon on come dancing. Like, wow, I didn't know you had great pins. <laughs> on Morecambe and Wise, when she came yeah. up from the other day. Yeah, that was it, yes. Um, yeah, well, so that character, that's an alternative 80s look Yeah. when in a version of Tony Tower's life where he becomes a radio DJ. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of based on like that Mike Reed, Noel Edmonds, yeah. that kind of look. Um, and in the script, and they were, for some reason, we thought they're always in like tennis shorts in that period. When they did the Radio <laughs> 1, yeah. um, what was it they used to do where they'd go to different cities in the summer? Oh, yeah, and they the, came to Northampton. What was it called? Oh. The 
Radio One Roadshow. Radio One Roadshow. Radio One Roadshow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And so when when you saw the DJs doing it, they always were wearing like little skimpy white <laughs> tennis shorts, like yeah. they were in Wham yeah. or something. <laughs> and so we thought we should get a pair of white shorts. And um, and I don't know what this says about me. But the costume lady kept bringing me like really long shorts. Yeah. Like, and I was like, no, I think the idea is that they're quite short. And she'd say, are you sure? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's the gag. Then you, and so the ones I actually wear are, I mean, they're quite something, aren't they? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't leave a lot to the imagination. No, no. Like I say, it's the best Christmas present you could ever give. <laughs> but the, there's a shot where, because every time I move through the doors in the film, that's the, the time change. Yes. So there's so as I as I come through the door and I've come from like kind of the seventies I guess or whatever and I come through the door and I walk into essentially a commercial being filmed that my character is supposedly doing but of course me as Tony in the film doesn't know that I've yeah. just walked into the carriage and find myself it's like quantum leap yes. Did you ever watch quantum leap yes so he quantum just finds leap. himself in a different part of his life mm. but he doesn't know what the circumstances are so in this particular bit he walks in and and there's a camera crew and people watching him and um, it's like a, an awful nightmare. It was very weird filming that bit because it is like an actor's nightmare where yeah. you go, oh, I'm on stage or I'm being filmed and I don't know what to do. And, and Robin Asquith is looking at me. Oh, I know, <laughs> yeah. And that, that just shows how great the props people are because it's it's so well researched. You'll spot yeah. like a head like a portillo or you'll see a reflection and there's mm. just little things and then you suddenly dawn on you. It's such a clever idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, and then as I and then as I stand there, and I would sort of look in the window of the train to 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 check what I look like or where I am, yeah. and I and and I saw myself in these in these shorts, <laughs> and I had a conniption. It was really quite extraordinary. Gets a big laugh, I think. Yeah. That, oh God, that yes, yes, yes. Hello, this is a message for anyone near the carousel. There are a pair of white skimpy hot pants. I mean, I mean shorts. They're left by the side of the carousel. If they are not retrieved soon, they will be destroyed by bomb disposal. Please do not approach the shorts. Do not approach the shorts. They're gonna explode, okay? I swear to God. Do you travel on trains a lot? Travelling by, uh, by train is my favourite oh. way to travel. I love going on trains. Um, one of my favourite things that I've ever done for a birthday was there's a train that goes from Los Angeles Central Station uh, all the way up the coast of California. And when I say up the coast, I mean literally, like the water is right there outside the window. All the way up the coast of California. And then it goes on. It takes two days. Yeah. Uh, so it's a sleeper. You get a little sleeper uh, cabin. And it goes uh, at the end of the first day. Uh, so beautiful sunshine going up the coast. Uh, I did it because my birthday's in February. So beautiful sunshine going up the coast, looking at the ocean next to you. Oh, it's wonderful. Then you get your bed down and you're going under the Golden Gate Bridge at about oh. midnight. You go to sleep. Then you wake up the next morning, open the curtains, and it's snow everywhere because you're going through Washington State. And then about four o'clock in the afternoon, the second day, you get to Seattle, and that's where I've got off. But it carries on going into Canada. But I've done that journey a few times, yeah. and just on my own. And I, I, I take music to listen to, read a book or not, <laughs> um, and uh, and just look out the window. And I love it, absolutely love it. Isn't that funny? Because every time you talk about, every time people talk about going up past Big Sur and all that, it's always driving in a car. Ah. And I never thought because that's the one thing you got Greyhound buses everywhere. But I'm thinking, mm. how amazing if there was more of a train network exactly. around America. The weird thing I found as well there is that people think you're weird if you're on the train. Mm. 
So it's not like, because I, when I did this Coastal Starlight tour for the first time, this train journey, I thought, people, people must love this. This must be so popular. There's barely anyone on it. One of the carriages is just glass. So it's the observation carriage. So you sit in there on seats and you just look oh. out. At the, and when you're going through the Washington State with the snow, it is amazing. But you look around. It's like being in a snow globe. And it is. It is like being in a snow globe. Yeah, but the snow's outside. Yeah, exactly. Um and then you sort of look around and go, yeah, it's just all people over about 70. Mm. So sort of people who are retired and weirdos. Yeah. It is quite odd. But they think you're weird there. in America if you walk. Yeah, exactly. So that's the strange thing. I think <laughs> people going on a sort of public transport, uh, yeah. it's sort of a weird. It's got a very different attitude over there. Yeah, yeah. Because you go, you go, oh, I need to get to like the supermarket. Oh, my God, you're going to have to walk. And it's like <laughs> yeah. basically where that bin is. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean? So unless you go in your car, in your own private little bubble yeah. car, then people get a bit nervous about sharing public space with it's other people. Wrong, it's isn't really it? weird. Because people I think it. you're homeless if you walk. Yeah. And I love walking. Yeah. When my mum and dad used to come and visit me in, in America, because I lived in LA for about 15 years because my daughter grew up there. So I lived there to, to be near her. And my mum and dad would come over and um and and they and they would say um, I'd say to them, what are you doing tomorrow? Because if I was working, I'd say, what are you doing? To, what are you going to do tomorrow? Well, we were thinking we would go down the beach. <laughs> and I, All right, okay. And uh, how are you going to get there then? Well, we just get the bus. We. So they would get on the bus yeah. just outside the house, you know, get on the bus, and they'd go off down to Santa Monica. So I'd, I'd, and I'd sort of say to them, people don't really do that that <laughs> yeah. much here. Yeah. No, 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 we get the bus. <laughs> don't, no, no, don't get a car. No, no. And they get on the bus, and then. And they'd say, oh, we met a lovely couple on the bus this morning. And they'd come out with these stories. And it was just brilliant. And I'd, th and I'd think, well, my mum and dad are now the weirdos on the bus. Yeah. On the public transport. <laughs> oh, God, it shouldn't be like that. No. Though. Okay, we're arriving at the bus stop, please. Can the two weirdos get off, please? Thank you. Grew up in Port Talbot. Mm. Now, you were born in Newport. Yes. Now, listen. Yes. Am I going crazy? Mm. But I performed Riverfront Theatre. Now, is there a Viking boat underneath the theatre, or have, <laughs> is it the medication kicking in? Is I think there is. There is a museum there, isn't there, with a with a, an original or a recreation of a Viking boat? Yes. I don't know Newport that well. I don't think it's a recreation. Is I it, think it's an actual found, one. Is it in the River Usk? Does that yes, ring the a River bell? Usk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I remember. And the woman went, pss, pss, come here. And then she went downstairs and there was a Viking boat. Under the theatre. Yeah. Well, well, I, 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 maybe. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. But that sounds like it might be. Very, yeah. I mean, round Newport, there was a lot of Roman yeah. forts and, and Caleon, where my auntie lives, that Caerleon. That was a Roman town. And, and so the um, Vikings and all that. It's very yeah. historic. So I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah. we, I was born there because my mum and dad come from Patalbot and then, you know, generations back. Yeah. And my dad got a job that uh, in Newport. So my mum and dad moved to Newport and that's where me and my sister were born. And then my dad got another job in Liverpool. So we went to live in Liverpool for a couple of years. Between oh. the age of five and eight, I lived in, um, yeah. well, Wallasey in Birkenhead. But, you know, very near Liverpool. So we, it's a weird bit of my life where just for three years yeah. I lived there. And then he got a job back in Patalbot again and then went back to Patalbot. So... I grew up in, I always think of Patalbot as my home, but I actually didn't live there until I was eight. Well, you invest so much into it because I've had a look at your philanthropy section in Wikipedia. You put me to shame, <laughs> honestly, because all I do is sponsor a donkey. <laughs> and you... <laughs> uh, uh. 
I've had a look. Yeah. And I've performed there, one of the best gigs I've ever done. They were great. In Padalba? That's not the what long... they say, darling. No. Oh, here you go again. <laughs> Can you just have a bit of Christmas spirit? No, unless it was the longest gig I ever did, because obviously they were laughing, then coughing so much. So it was like, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I was like Billy Connolly and Ken Dodd. I finished at 1am. But... I mean, where did you play? Can you remember where you oh, played? Oh, I can't. It was um, on Princess the... Royal Con- Theatre? Princess Royal, oh, that yeah. was it. No, Absolutely lovely. great. Very Brilliant. white inside and all that. Really yeah. lovely. Mm. And then, so I did my research. Is this true? Baked Bean Factory. No, Baked Bean Museum. There's, there's Captain Beanie. Yeah. Who is who dresses up as a baked bean? Oh, a sort of I superhero. So stupid, I got it wrong. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Captain Beanie does a lot of amazing like f- fundraising and that. Wonderful, kind of, and, uh, great, great. Yes, and I think maybe he's he says his house is a baked bean museum or something like that. I'm not sure. Because when I looked it, it up, it said in uh, brackets private. <laughs> so I think maybe that. Oh, okay. I well, think that's it is. Good to know. I that's think good. it might be his house. Yeah. And Banksy did a mural there. Yes, he did. So that's good, isn't it? Yeah. So a few years ago now, um, this guy woke up one morning and uh, and was in his kitchen looking out his window and he thought, why, are there, why is there a group of people standing outside my garage? His garage was just like across the road. Yeah. It wasn't attached to his house. It was across the way. Yeah. And uh, there was a group of people out there and he's like, What's, that's weird. And then he said, someone's bloody painted on my garage. <laughs> and it turned out Banksy had done this wow. thing on, uh, over through the night, presumably, because then that morning it was there. And people, and because I, I was in Los Angeles at the time, and I remember that day starting yeah. to see things on the internet and on yeah. social media about. I was like, Patalbert is trending. Why? Yeah. What? Has it has it been blown up? <laughs> and um, uh, and it turned out there was this Banksy. And then I and then I, I thought about it, and I thought this guy must be having a hell of a time at the moment because he just woke up and it was on his garage. Yeah, yeah. And so I got in touch with him through sort of another person. Mm. And um, and he was basically having a breakdown. There were it, people were calling from yeah. China and America, and yeah. you know, and he just didn't know how to deal with it at all. And so there, it was just before Christmas as well. So I remember. I so then I sort of helped a little bit with organising some to protect the Banksy you know, thing. Idiots come along and throw paint over it, which yeah, I never yeah. really understand why people yeah. do that. That is, it is very mad, odd, isn't it? Really mad. But I I did think there's a bit of a issue around the security of the thing itself yeah. and so uh so I, I so and it was just before christmas nobody was working couldn't get anyone to come out and do anything <laughs> so then we managed to get some like plexiglass over it yeah. and, a, and a guy in a caravan to look after it during the night oh. and that kind of stuff. and then it, until eventually then the council yeah. got involved yeah. and all that and it was fine and i think he's written a book about it now <laughs> the guy oh let me yeah, know. yeah. Okay, but I, why not love? yeah exactly yeah yeah but that was exciting but it did split people a little bit because on the one hand everyone was very excited that banksy had done something in Patalbert. Yeah. But then the the theme of it was on it was on a corner of the mm. garage. So on one side of the wall, mm. it was a, a little kid with it mouth open and it looked like snowflakes coming down and catching the snowflakes on the on the tongue yeah. of the little kid. And then as you went around the other side, it was a skip on fire and it was actually ash coming from the skip. So oh. it was a kind of a comment on the pollution yeah, and the okay. steelworks and industry yeah. and that kind of stuff. So it was very clever. It was a very yeah. clever thing. But it kind of split people in Patalba a little mm. bit. Like I say, excited that Banksy had done something in Patalba. And then, what are you saying about our town? Yeah. <laughs> because people yeah. get very like that. You, we can say it, but you can't yes, say it. You know, there's yes. that kind of attitude in, in Patalba mm. sometimes. So that was quite interesting. That, that... Do you think you know who Banksy is? 
I thought it was my dad. No, actually, <laughs> actually people well, we started to think... Your dad's Jack Nicholson. Well, yes. We know that. People started to think it was me because it was in Patalba. There was all the, oh, Michael Sheen's Banksy. I was like, have you seen the art I've done? <laughs> um, but didn't, didn't Banksy get kind of revealed a few years ago, I seem to remember, no? Well, people thought it was me at one point. Did they? Yeah, but I'm actually Daft Punk. Um, <laughs> I've, had, I've had lunch with Daft Punk. Have you? Without yeah. the helmets on? Yeah. To the two gentlemen in row 2A and 2B who are wearing motorcycle helmets, can you please take them off? I'm afraid I don't care if you are Daft Punk. Can you please put them in the overhead lockers? Thank you. Because I did a film, Tron, and they were in it. They did the music for it, and they were in it. I play this character who runs a nightclub in Tron, and they are my house band. Wow. So they're in the film with the helmets on. Yeah. But then at lunchtime, we just went on the bus. Yeah. And had lunch together, and they're just, you know, two middle-aged French guys. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And they used to... And it, they send people in the helmets to go and do publicity stuff so they don't have to turn up. <laughs> What's that one with the driving round the car with Stig? Oh, a Top Gear? Yeah, Top Gear. He never took his helmet off because I thought, oh, we'll be having like a volivant and a glass no. of Chardonnay with him. No, he just no. a bit proper mystique. I, I wouldn't know him if I passed him. I did that as well, yeah. No, he didn't take it. No, well, no. Yeah. How fast did you go? I, an, annoyingly, I was slower than Jennifer Saunders. Oh. But she drives like a Hel- maniac. <laughs> I've, I've gone, I've Very gone around, dangerous driver. <laughs> I've gone around Patalbert in a sports car with Jennifer Saunders. I'm not doing it again. Oh, yes. That's, we watched that. Yes, I was thinking you were going round. Yes. And was that after or before uh, there's something about movies? No, after. Yeah, it was like we'd, we'd already done a few series of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was lovely. It, in fact, I think it was last Christmas. Oh, was it or the Christmas yeah, before? I yeah. can't remember now. Maybe it was the one before. But it was lovely taking around Patalva. That was great. So tell us then, where do you go for romantic times on, on holiday? Where's you, where do you I go? I mean, it's mostly the bathroom these days. <laughs> <laughs> romantic times. No, well, if, before... <laughs> No, when you could travel. I mean, yes. is it Rome? Is it Florence? Is it Paris? Well, I don't I, know I mean, what goes on there. I just find it yeah. intriguing where people go. The most romantic places I've been probably, you know, I mean, Paris is lovely. Oh, you can't go wrong with Paris. Lovely. On the Eurostar, love? <laughs> Straight <laughs> yeah. over? No, not on doing it on the Eurostar. <laughs> yes, on the Eurostar. Um and that's very nice. I did a film there. I did a film called uh, Midnight in Paris. That was very nice. Filming in Paris as oh, well it was lovely. Oh, Woody Allen. Yeah. Was you one of the poet? Was you T. S. Eliot? Uh, no, I was. I was in the modern day bit. So I was uh, this very um, pedantic uh, guy in the, who was going around all the museums with Owen Wilson and, and all that and uh, and do, pontificating about the the stuff. And then he would go back in time yeah. and real and and find out that I was wrong and all that. We went to the actual place. You know that famous painting of Monet with the water lilies in the in the in the yeah, sort of yeah. and there's the Japanese bridge, green bridge, and and we went to Monet's house. And he wasn't in, and oh. um, and the and the garden, and um, and it looks exactly the same. Wow. It hasn't changed with the little Japanese bridge and the same lilies and stuff. Amazing! It was extraordinary. Did you go that. to? Is it L'Orangerie where where they've got his actual yeah, thing yeah. in? Yeah. So we saw the we we filmed a scene where we're looking at the paintings. Yeah. I'm going to watch that film again. You right, know. Yeah. And then Owen Wilson goes back in it. time. Yeah. And and you see it back in time. And so then we went out to his house to have a look at it. It was amazing. So that's very, I mean, that's sort of 
obviously, you know, everyone thinks of Paris as being romantic, don't yeah. they? Um, Venice, I think, is oh, that's beautiful. Nice. That's lovely. That's a lovely, lovely so place. I went there with me mum, so it wasn't that romantic. Right. You've got to get in there now before it floods. Yeah, well, that's true. Cool. I mean, I hate to break it to you, but it's a bit wet already. <laughs> they've obviously had a bit of trouble with the plumbing yeah yeah I mean, um, but it is beautiful there and and sort of like when i went there for the first time uh first time i ever went there was when the film the queen was on at the venice film festival or just like the lido yeah yeah all that was amazing and being able to see it in that way but you do feel like it is like a film set almost it sort of doesn't yeah. feel real when you're there but i have to say the most romantic place for me mm. There's two, two most romantic places. I will always choose a snowy holiday over a hot holiday. I'm not as, oh. so much of a beach person as I am. I love like snowy mountains. So yeah. I, I've only ever been skiing once. Yeah. But that whole thing of skiing and the resort and hot chocolate and mm. oh, I love all that. I find that very romantic. And I once stayed in a place called White Pod, which are these Weird little, they look like something out of a 70s sci-fi film. Yeah. Little white, like golf balls, like transparent golf balls on the side of a of, of the Alps. Yeah. And um, one part of it is, like I said, there's just a bed in there and a, and a wood burner. And then a sort of transparent bit that you can see the sun coming up outside on the, on the, on the Alps. Oh. It's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. That is very romantic. And then the other place that I love, and it's, it's my favorite place to go. Anyway, whether it's romantic or not, is um, uh, by a lake, a cabin by a lake in Maine, in America. I love that. I love lakeside cabiny holidays. Yeah. Favorite thing. Do you fish? Sorry. Fish. Do you fish? <laughs> oh uh, no, I don't fish. I thought you were <laughs> accusing me of smelling. <laughs> you fish. I uh, no, I don't fish. So what is it then? You just is it just peace? Is it your meditation? I, it is a bit. It's the it's the peacefulness of it. And there's some. I mean, I love being by the sea, and I've grown up by the sea. But there's something about a lake, a big lake, that yeah. I find just kind of magical. And you can hear the loons. Loons? What's that? So that's a particular type of bird. They go. It makes these weird noises, like someone. I guess I'm. Maybe this is. Bad thing to say, yeah. but I assume that they're called loons because they it sounds a little bit like a crazy person, yeah, yeah, lunatic at the moon yeah. or something, yeah. And so, you hear these noises, and I, I get a little kayak, go out on the kayak at sunset, oh. be out there, and it's just still quiet, nobody else around, and oh, it's beautiful. And then sit in the cabin and just read, and you know, just have coffee in the morning, sitting there looking at the lake. I absolutely love it. I suppose with your work schedule as well, because you are always working. It must be so precious just to have that yeah. time. Well, I, I started to go to this place in Maine. Uh, they've got lots of lakes there. And, you know, it's very popular, the cabin holiday thing in Maine. And a friend of mine grew up in Maine and was having a big 30th birthday party. And so she invited people to come and stay. Mm. And I, I was trying to write something at the time. And so I thought, well, I need to go somewhere to write anyway. So I thought, well, I'll... I'll maybe go there a week before this party and I'll hire a little, you know, little cabin and I'll just sit there and I'll try and write something. So I went, I went on online and found this place and uh, turned up there and um, had just the best week of my life sitting in this place and writing and then went to this birthday party and then I got so obsessed. I was like, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy somewhere. I'm going to buy somewhere. And I came so, and I went back there year after year to the same place and eventually I thought I should buy somewhere. It's stupid that I'm coming here all the time. I I, I should come and live here. And I, 
I came so close to buying a cabin on a tiny little island off the coast of Maine. Yeah. That is in it. You have to buy your own little lobster boat to get there. You can't get there by road or anything. And people kept saying to me, are you sure about this, Michael? I was like, yes, yes, this is what I'm going to do. And I came so close to it. And I finally didn't because my girlfriend at the time was like, I'm not going to Maine for every yeah. holiday we ever yeah. have. And so it just sort of made me pause. And I think now, thank God I didn't. I mean, I'd be living there on my own on this island, snowed in with my boat to keep me company. Yeah. Isn't it funny, though, because when you think of it, Maine, for me, doesn't even come into the... I don't even think about it. It's always, yeah. for me, it's either Las Vegas or New mm. York or L.A. or something like yeah. that. So, uh... well, it's where Stephen King lives as well. I'm a big Stephen King fan. Oh, right, So yes. I also imagine that I'm in a Stephen King book when I'm there, which most people would think, hang on, but don't be... Aren't they horror, horror Yeah, books? yeah. But you it, cock it... a doodle, you wake <laughs> up and someone's got a block of wood between your ankles. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but that gives it a little sort of uh, a little magical edge for me. Honeymoon sweet or hammock? Oh, hammock. Oh, right. First aid kit or first aid shit? <laughs> Do you even... What does that even mean? I don't know. It just rhymes. <laughs> no, it's like, will you drink? Will you take Mozzie Guard? Will you take a little bandage? Do you bother with insurance? <laughs> no, I don't do any of that. Really? No, not really. Oh, okay. Well, no, that's I don't... first aid shit then. First don't mock me questions. <laughs> Thong or sarong? <laughs> well, you've seen me in the white shorts. Oh, thong, so... please. Um... <laughs> Culture vulture or beach, babe? Ah, uh, culture vulture, yeah. Okay, then. Or tip em or fuck em. <laughs> and that's like when you've had great service all week and then you think, do you know what? I'm never going to see that chambermaid again. Fuck her. I'm not going to give her anything. Oh, I see. All right. I thought you meant, like, well, actually have Tom sex Jones with them instead. Tom Jones went tip em, then fuck em. <laughs> I was like, no, Tom. It's one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> There you go, love. <laughs> See you next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Um, I'm uh, sure no, you tip on, I mean, tip listen, I've seen your philanthropy. Tip um, yeah. <laughs> no, I've seen, I'm sure you do tip very generously. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you, love. Thank you for flying Alan Air. Oh, Michael, that was brilliant. Thanks so much for flying Alan Air. And don't forget, please check out Michael's new film, Last Train to Christmas. It's on Sky Cinema now, and it is a corker. You're going to love it. We're going to have a little break because it's Christmas, but we are back in January with a bang. Yes, the king of podcasts, Louis Farouk, is going to be my first guest of 2022. I can't wait. And remember, guys, lives have been... 